the Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 216 for July 18th, 2010. Antennagate 2010, 5 billion wireless lines in the world, and get your Nexus while you can. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Coppice. Brought to you by Netflix and supported by listeners like you, subscribers to The Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked. More information at thecellphonejunkie.com. The show is also supported by The Cell Phone Junkie podcast application for the iOS, available now in the iTunes store for $1.99. Well, happy fourth birthday to The Cell Phone Junkie. It was July 16th, 2006 when the first TCPJ show was released. And over the past four years, we've brought you the latest in news, devices, and software each and every week. Thought we'd share some of the numbers with you. Thought this was kind of interesting when I calculated things. So four years, 208 weeks. We've released 215 shows. This is 216. Over 1,000 listener comments, 10,000 news stories, 13,000 minutes of shows, which is around 10 gigs of data. I have used 47 phones over that past time. I think Joey has used uh, maybe three phones or two phones over I that time. I think two phones at that period, Yes. And of course, you've got two happy hosts here. So Joey, thank you very much for your dedication over the years. I've had a blast doing this show with you each and every week. It's been a ton of fun. It is a lot of fun, Mickey. Even maybe you're right. Maybe that was three phones. I can't remember at this point if I had the Samsung i500 Palm phone yet or not, because I picked up the Centro in October of 07. So uh, maybe I did have three phones. You know what? I think you did, because I remember when you got the Centro, which was in... It was a big deal. That yeah. was a big deal. Yeah, we... we, uh, we We've had a lot of phones over the time, though. That's that's pretty good. A lot of fun stats. A lot of I mean, just I, when I was calculating things out, it was like ten thousand news stories. We've reported on a lot on this show. I thought that was cool. That is a lot. That's a lot of cell phone information. And you know, Mickey, I still actually do use the Central right now. Not much, though. I mean, I, I basically carrying it to receive text messages. Is basically, what I have it for right now because I haven't ported my number over to my new uh, work BlackBerry yet. So um, I I'm, I still actually have the Central. Joey's got the most expensive texting plan that's known to man. It's like $35 a month or something like that. That's right. Anyway, Ericsson, the top infrastructure supplier for mobile networks, is estimating this week that 5 billion mobile lines have been activated in the world. Strong increases from emerging markets like China and India have caused mobile phones to grow exponentially over the past few years. There were 720 million cell lines in the year 2000. 2.7 2.7 billion in 2007 and further 3g network users are on the rise we are at 3.4 billion users by the year 2015 so 5 billion lines in the world that's just an amazing number i remember when we talked about just you know was it two years ago three years ago we were talking about that three billionth subscriber that came on they say 2 million additions happen every single day more than 500 million 3g subscriptions are currently in the market right now and there will be 50 billion connected devices by 2020 that's a tenfold increase over today that is that is pretty wild so anyway lots of different connections uh through cellular lines coming in the next few years as well In emails from Verizon this week, a move to a 4G-compatible provisioning system appears to be in the works. An email reads, the ESN slash MEID field will be changed to device ID today to prepare for 4G devices coming on. The upgrade is set to happen uh, on July 19th. Now, this was an interesting uh, story because it came out a couple of days ago, but then actually some more information came out uh, today, and it looks like Verizon's going to be using SIM cards for their 4G devices. What do we know about that? Well, you know, I, we don't really know a lot about it, but we know that uh, we, we're going to be seeing kind of a different shift from our standard CDMA, um, you know, mentality here where there's no SIM card and you everything is tied to the device, you know, the device itself. And you have to call up the carrier to, you know, swap handsets, for example. So if we're going to a SIM card based system here, it is very possible we'll be able to take that little SIM card out and move it between different 4G LTE devices. I'm excited about that. Hopefully, we'll get some devices that can take advantage of the multiple bands that are being used for the 4G service. Uh, hopefully, here in the U.S., we'll get Verizon and AT&T to standardize on that 700 megahertz spectrum. But, of course, they both have uh, spectrum holdings in 850 and 1900 megahertz here. And then, of course, there'll be differences on other parts of the world as well. So we don't know what's going to happen with that yet because the standard is great. But until you know we have a standard that works on the same bands, look at 3G here. 
for GSM. You've got AT&T and T-Mobile, both using 3G service, but not on the same band, so you don't have phones that are compatible. So we'll see what happens with that. Well, and the other big thing is, Mickey, as well as the actual frequencies themselves, is whether or not they're going to actually set up roaming agreements with themselves. Uh, You know, like for me with Sprint, yes, Sprint does not provide quite as much footprint as Verizon does. But I roam on Verizon when I don't have Sprint service and I can make phone calls up to a kind of a certain it's not a hard limit, but there's a a kind of a I think it's 300 minutes a month. They they kind of want you to keep it under and a certain amount of data around 300 megabytes. Um, So maybe it's 500 minutes, whatever it is. There's a certain amount uh, that they want you to stay under if you're roaming. But you have service then. So that's what a big question is going to be, whether or not they're going to allow data roaming. Still looks like this fall, though. I think that's when they were going to have their first, whatever, 25 markets, test markets out. So we'll uh, keep on top of that one. Sprint said in an interview this week to the Wall Street Journal that phone shortages are hurting the growth of its 4G network. Sprint is still the only U.S. carrier with a 4G network, and it hopes the network will give it an advantage in attracting customers from rivals. Shortages of its EV... Uh, EVO 4G or EVO 4G, excuse me, are limiting potential sales and rival carriers are getting closer to launching their own 4G networks. Uh, Dan Hesse was quoted as saying, we thought it would, we would have more of a head start than we'll end up having. So far, Sprint has sold 300,000 of its EVO 4G phones, according to the McGuire Group. Demand has been strong, but HTC has had issues keeping up. The spotty shortages are developed uh, after the phone went on sale in early June and become quite widespread. The early move to 4G has benefited Sprint from a marketing perspective, but hasn't really proven itself in a major way for subscriber growth. In the meantime, rivals are getting closer to those 4G networks coming online. Like we said, Verizon is close to turning on some markets by the end of the year. Sprint and Clearwire announcing the launch of WiMAX in seven additional markets this week. The new markets for the WiMAX service include Rochester, New York, Syracuse, New York, Merced, California, Visalia, California, Eugene, Oregon, Tri-Cities, Washington, and Yakima, Washington. This brings the total number of WiMAX markets that are live to 43. Speaking to the Financial Times, CEO Dan Hesse of Sprint indicated that the company is considering a long-term evolution network in its growing list of supported networks. We have Spectrum resources where we could add LTE if we chose to do that on top of our WiMAX network. The beauty of having a lot of Spectrum is that we have a lot of flexibility. Clearwire has also said that a switch to LTE is possible in the future should it become necessary. Sprint's competitors AT&T and Verizon have already talked about building out their networks, and Hesse noted that a merger with T-Mobile would be logical if both companies built out these networks, though he did not confirm that a deal between the two companies would be forthcoming. A lot of speculation around this, and the Financial Times, of course, just reiterating uh, in this article that they would consider a network merger if both were on LTE. This does not mean that there is going to be a Sprint T-Mobile network coming forth here you know, in the next year or so. I think it, it, it would take quite a bit for this to happen. And Joey, I'm not sure what your feeling is on this, but ultimately, uh, you know, T-Mobile is doing very well with their HSPA Plus network, and I don't see them moving to LTE for a few. No, I, they're not going to. They're going to probably sit back and maintain the strategy they have been where they're, they're late to the game. But what happens is they, they save a lot of money and they can implement their network probably a lot cheaper. I don't think that Sprint is probably right now going to look to anything other than building out what they have with WiMAX. If LTE should come on very strong and it works very, very well as a, a way to grow customer base uh, for their rivals, then I think they may consider it. But ultimately, I think it's going to be they need to focus on the things that are, are working for them right now. And quite honestly, that's at the bottom line, it's just keeping subscribers because they're still losing subscribers from their Nextel network, and uh, they need to work on that first. Virgin Mobile USA launching a new prepaid plan called Halo. It offers two separate plans that each cost $20 per month. The first includes 400 voice minutes and then $0.05 cents per minute after that. The second option offers 90 days of basic service with calls costing $0.40 cents per minute. Handsets for either plan start at $10. Text messages cost $0.15 cents each. Picture, me- picture messages are $0.25. Cents, and data is $1.50 per megabyte per day. The new Halo plans are available immediately. 
Boost Mobile announcing a change to its international calling plans with International Connect now available as an add-on to existing monthly unlimited and BlackBerry monthly unlimited plans for an additional $10. The plan now offers unlimited calling to landlines in 150 cities across Mexico and uh, Asian countries will also have unlimited calling to landlines. Customers that are wishing to call these areas need to sign up for one of the $10 plans and uh, Boost says that the IDEN-based customers will get unlimited walkie-talkie calls from the United United States, Canada, and Baja California to Argentina, Brazil, Mexico, Peru, and Chile as part of the $10 add-on. Boy Genius Report is reporting that T-Mobile will begin rolling out some additional HSPA Plus markets coming up this week. The new markets include Austin, Baltimore, Birmingham, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Columbus, El Paso, Fort Worth, Hawaii, uh, excuse me, Honolulu, Indianapolis, Jacksonville, Kansas City, Louisville, Milwaukee, Minneapolis, Portland, San Antonio, Washington, and Wichita. Uh, The T-Mobile service will allow for speeds of up to 10 plus megabits per second and can be taken advantage of with the WebConnect Rocket 2.0 USB modem as as well as the Dell Mini 10 netbook. Now, the Dell Mini 10, Joey, is a nice netbook. I know you've got one there. And I I wonder, though, if this is going to be a built-in service or if they're just saying that they're going to sell you the Dell Mini 10 and then you can use it with one of the USB modems that may come with it. I'm not really sure. They're, they weren't clear on that, but we'll see here this week, it looks like. No, I'm sure it, um, it, it comes with the, the, the WAN uh, module installed because that, that there's a spot for that. And, and I have the 10V, actually, and that is a different, uh, it's a slightly different model. Very nice, though. I've got the, the Dell Mini 9, as you do, too. You, you love the Dell netbooks. I mean, you know, as an aside, not cell phone related, but if you're traveling and you're looking for a, a light netbook on the go, they work very, very well. They very uh, much do, Mickey. I, I've kind of created the, the Hackintoshes out of them. That's why the 10V model is specific to that. Um, so, and the, the Mini 9 is as well. And it's, uh, it's a very nice actu- actual piece of hardware, and uh, the price is uh, amazing for what you get. Yeah, check them out if you're interested in a new netbook. Thanks to our first sponsor, Netflix, of the show. Help support the cell phone junkie by signing up for a two-week free trial of Netflix. Plans start at $4.99 per month, over 100,000 titles to choose from. Keep each movie as long as you want, no late fees ever. Free shipping both ways, free delivery in about one business day. Cancel any time, and as a bonus to your DVDs, watch some of the movies over the internet for no additional charge. Joey and I appreciate your support of the show by signing up for your free trial of Netflix. Well, this week for me, it was the 1974 Mel Brooks classic, Young Frankenstein. This was a movie that uh, my wife absolutely loved, and so we were talking about it a few weeks ago, and I decided to add it to my queue and uh, finally returned uh, Breaking Breaking Point or Breaking Bad. I can't remember what it was. I actually watched that one. Breaking Point. I watched that one this week, too. Uh, that one is a, a very interesting movie as well. Uh, Tom Berenger is in that with Buster Rhymes and uh, a whole litany of other uh, characters in there. And boy, uh, a little deep. I think I watched it last Sunday evening and uh, wasn't exactly a good way to put me to sleep. But whatever. Nonetheless, uh, I watched that one, returned it, got Young Frankenstein, watched that on Friday night. And I'm looking forward to some good movies coming up here in the next few days. We've got, uh, I- I'm really excited because I'm a big fan of Top Gear. Uh, I love cars. Oh, I yeah. love fast cars. Season 11 or Series 11 was posted this week to watch instantly for streaming. Because uh, previously it was just Series 10 was available for streaming. So now they have that one. So I'm very stoked about that. They also put up uh, Jackie Brown for instant streaming, which is a spectacular Quentin Tarantino movie that was a follow-up to Pulp Fiction. Um, you know, not uh, not the same level as Pulp Fiction, but an extremely good movie in its uh, in its own right, with a very different feel to it, and just uh, amazing actors that he brought in for that movie, and something that um, that you should check out if you haven't seen that movie. It, it didn't get a lot of press when it did come out, but it it should have. Hmm. I guess uh, you know the the one great thing is you can, as you think of movies, and, and this is one thing I do all the time. Um, there are applications for your phones. Uh, there is one uh, called PhoneFlix on the iPhone, and I th- actually there may be PhoneFlix for your Android phone as well. Um, I think you can log into your account directly through the mobile website of Netflix as well. And I do this quite often, where I will be out and about thinking, or someone will mention a movie, and I'll be like, "Oh, I haven't, I haven't watched that." And sometimes they're they're ones that you think I, you know, I should have seen, and I just haven't. And so I will, you know, do a search for it, pull it up, add it to my queue, and then don't even have to think about it. So. 
I've got 29 movies in my queue right now. And if they happen to show up on the instant side, then I'll throw them over into the, my instant queue. I've got another 21 movies over there. So I've, I've got, uh, you know, 50 movies here that are ready to go. Uh, so I don't ever have to really think about going to a video store and choosing what I want to watch. I've got things that I've already, you know, picked out for myself is stuff that I want to see and it's ready to go for me. Oh my gosh, Mickey, my instant queue is over 190 things in there to watch and i could add tons more and the dvd queue is like in the 200 point okay so my numbers mean nothing joey's the master of netflix (laughs) not the master of netflix i'm actually kind of slow at watching the netflix is more like it well either way it's fun to to get so many movies and have so many movies to watch and uh, if you're looking for some ways to cut back you know your cable bill is one where you can you know certainly May not want to get rid of it totally, but you can cut back to the point where you don't have your premium stations anymore and get the movies that you want as you want them on demand. Netflix is a great way to go. I think it costs me eight or nine dollars a month, and uh, it's a it's a wonderful you know a wonderful way to see all the latest things that you want to see. So great uh, great to have Netflix as always as the sponsor of the show. Let's move on to some devices here. Consumer Reports this week, boy, did they drop a bomb. After a mostly positive review of the iPhone 4, they said that they could no longer recommend purchasing the iPhone 4 due to the widely reported signal issues when touching the lower left corner of the device. Consumer Reports says that when an iPhone 4 user's finger or hand makes contact with a certain spot, the signal can significantly degrade. The iPhone 4 scored 76 out of 100 possible points and beat out both the iPhone 3G and Evo 4G in Consumer Reports testing. In addition to the iPhone 4, they also tested several other AT&T phones, including the iPhone 3GS and Palm Pre, none of which they said had signal loss problems like the iPhone 4. They said that uh, Apple needs to come up with a solution permanently and for free to fix the issue before they would recommend purchasing that device. Well, also this week, Bloomberg reported that Apple's senior antenna engineer had raised some concerns about the antenna design planned for the iPhone and allegedly told Steve Jobs that the design could lead to dropped calls. The engineer says Bloomberg uh, is Ruben Caballero, according to a source cited in the article, and is reported uh, one of Apple's carrier partners also questioned the performance of the antenna design. Of course, there was a press conference this week, and in the press conference, they talked about all sorts of different things, one of which, uh, going back to this issue about previous knowledge of the antenna design, they, they said that this allegation was, quote, a crock. So that's uh, how they felt about that one. Well, you know, Mickey, it, it, regardless of if they knew it or not, there is a problem. And like Consumer Reports, I really don't want to recommend uh, getting an iPhone. I mean, if you do have it, uh, if you're having great service with it, fine. But if you're a little bit skeptical of the iPhone 4 that you have, um, return it right away. You know, especially if you pre-ordered it because you're, you only have uh, a day or two left here to get out of your contract or to get your contract reset back to the original date of it. Because this is, it is a hardware issue that... either a fix will be coming uh, probably a few months from now, but it may not ever come and you may kind of have to suffer with this. So uh, it's, it's just not a real good solution uh, that Apple put out. I mean, it's, it's fine if you're accepted, you know, it's fine if you don't mind having a bumper on the phone. Um, It basically does take care of it. Yeah. Let's go through the points of what Apple said. You know, this press conference on Friday, they presented data about the performance of the phone and stated that most users were not complaining or returning it. They also revealed testing that had been done on devices such as the BlackBerry, HTC Droid Eris, and Samsung Omnia 2, showing that the iPhone was not the only device to perform bad uh, in certain situations, depending on how you held it. Apple stated that despite the performance comparison, it wants to make each and every customer happy and will offer one free case to each iPhone 4 through September 30th. Since they're not able to make their own bumpers fast enough, they'll be offering a free case from an approved vendor list at the time of purchase. And those that have already bought a case can register online on a site that will be released later in the week for a refund of the cost of the case. Finally, Apple says that if you're still not happy, you have that standard 30 days to return the device and they will be waiving the restocking fee for it. Apple also said in the conference that they're tracking some issues with the the iPhone 4's proximity sensor and that it will be solved with the next software update. Steve Jobs said that many times that the company 
or stated many times in the conference that the company has been working very hard to determine the cause of the problems and the company cares about and wants to make customers happy. He apologized in the event, stating, To our customers who were affected by the issue, we are deeply sorry and we are going to give you a free case or a full refund. Apple also announced that they'll be starting to ship white iPhone 4s at the end of July and that it would be launching the handset in 17 additional countries starting on the 30th of the month. Finally, over 3 million iPhone 4s have been sold since the launch in five countries on June 24th. Video of the press conference and a new page regarding the iPhone antenna is available over at Apple's website. Yeah, Mickey, and it's it's kind of interesting because on one hand, Steve Jobs in the press conference said, oh, there is not a problem with this phone. This is just like every other phone. Um, but to fix the problem that doesn't exist, we'll send you a bumper. So, you know, and then we've been working on this problem and it's really, I mean, I don't know why he said there isn't, why it was kind of beat around the bush. Oh, we really don't have a problem, problem here. So not, not, not the greatest taste in my opinion, but they are going to try to make the, the user happy by, you know, giving you the free case. So I, I, if you, if you still don't like it, then return it. Well, they mentioned a couple other co- uh, companies in the conference, uh, one of which that they mentioned uh, but didn't show any tests on was RIM, uh, or, the, or excuse me, Nokia. And Nokia said that, uh, that the iPhone 4 antenna issues uh, are sort of something that you have to deal with when you're you know, dealing with smartphone-style devices. They said that they had invested thousands of hours studying how people use phones and use the information to engineer antenna placement. They said Nokia designs their phones to ensure acceptable performance in all real-life cases. For example, when a phone is held in either hand, they also pointed out that the antenna design is complex and is one of its core competencies. In fact, Nokia launched the first phone with an internal antenna back in 1998. That was the 8810. And they said that, in general, antenna performance of the mobile device may be affected with a tight grip depending on how it's held. The statement coincides, of course, with the points that Steve Jobs made. Now, RIM, the Bold 9700, was one of the devices that they actually used in testing to show how the service actually performed on the device when held. And essentially what they found was that when you hold it, uh, it goes from five bars down to zero bars. In this particular situation, they didn't give you any sort of, you know, variables or anything like that. They just said, here's, you know, in this situation, this is what we've seen from this particular phone. So RIM responds to this with a statement that they released. Co-CEOs Mike Lazaridis and Jim Balsilli said... Apple's attempt to draw RIM into Apple's self-made debacle is unacceptable. Apple claims uh, RIM's products appear to be deliberate attempts to distort the public's understanding of an antenna design issue and to deflect attention from Apple's difficult situation. RIM is a global leader in antenna design and has been successful in designing industry-leading wireless data products with efficient and effective radio performance over the past 20 years. During that time, RIM has avoided designs like the one Apple's used in the iPhone 4 and instead has used innovative designs which reduce the risk for drop calls, especially in areas of lower coverage. One thing is for certain, RIM's customers don't need to use a case for their BlackBerry smartphone to maintain proper connectivity. Apple clearly made design certain design decisions which should take responsibility for these decisions rather than trying to draw RIM and others into a situation that relates specifically to their company. I found this actually to be, you know, a, a good comment from RIM. They needed to come back with something. And, you know, they're saying, look, we design products. There may be, they actually, they don't even say that there may be issues. They say we design them to work well and, and they've done a good job, you know, with doing that. And I, I would agree with what RIM is saying here with this. Um, Consumer Reports still says we're not recommending this phone. They said a free case is a first good step, a good first step, but Apple has indicated that it's not a long-term solution and only guaranteeing cases through September 30th has them saying that we look forward to a long-term fix from Apple, but as things currently stand, it is still not one of their recommended models. Um, of all of this conversation and everything that's happened here, one thing has stood out. This is a debacle. This is a a a, a PR nightmare, uh, to put it lightly. Um, they have really got to figure out, you know, hopefully that this will uh, hopefully blow over for them because I'm, I'm got some concerns that this is going to kind of keep a bad taste in, uh, in people's mouths. Absolutely, Mickey. And you know, we, we, we've saw how Apple was doing the testing with the iPhone four, um, and they were using disguise cases that make that made them look like the iPhone 3GS. So I think what happened is they really accidentally glossed over this issue of direct contact with the metal antenna. 
So we talk a lot more about this on the two latest Unlock shows. And, and, and if you really want to hear some more of our thoughts on this, please subscribe and go listen to those shows. Show number 56 was released last week. Show number 57 will be released early this week. And uh, we go into some, some pretty serious details about you know, how everything uh, lines up and, and what this really means for Apple. So if you want to hear more about it uh, and you're an Apple fan, make sure you subscribe to the show so that you can listen to what we have to say about it. T-Mobile slashing $70 off the price of the Garmin phone. You can now pick one of these up for $129 on a two-year contract. Looks like that they have approximately sold 20,000 of the Garmin phones since the launch back in June, though actual sales figures have yet to be released. Uh, moving on, the um, Droid X is now available. But here's what also is available. The Samsung Vibrant, the T-Mobile version of the Galaxy S, was released on the same day as the Droid X. We knew about the X coming out here, and Samsung came out just a week and a half ago and said that they would be releasing uh, their versions of the Galaxy S on the four top carriers here in the U.S. As a reminder, for $200, a 4.3-inch display comes on the Droid X. For $200, a 4-inch display Come or four point is it yeah four four point one inch display comes on the Samsung Vibrant as well as all the other Samsung Galaxy S devices. Uh, both have one gigahertz processors and uh, an eight megapixel camera uh, on both as or excuse me five megapixel on the uh, Samsung Vibrant uh, one mega or eight megapixel camera excuse me on the Droid X. Uh, you can pick either one of those up depending on which one you want. So good news there. Also the Samsung Captivate was released. This is AT&T's version of the Galaxy S. Same specs as all the other versions. It is now available for $200 on a two-year contract at AT&T. If you're looking to pick up a Nexus One from Google, you're going to need to do so pretty soon. The Nexus One blog has stated that Google has received its last shipment of Nexus One phones. Once they sell through these devices, the Nexus One will no longer be available online from Google. Customer support will be able to uh, will still be available for the current Nexus One customer, and it will continue to be sold by partners including Vodafone in Europe, KT in Korea, and possibly others based on local market conditions. That Droid X that we just talked about is online and in retail stores, though it may be hard to find. Verizon has told CNET that they have done everything possible to ensure adequate supply of the Droid X, but there's apparently no anticipating the demand, and it is unavailable online and very, very scarce at retail stores. So you may be waiting a week or two before you get your X if you decide to go out and get one. The FCC this week approved a dual-mode CDMA and LTE modem known as the LG VL600. The device will support CDMA slash EVDO on 850 and 1900 MHz bands, and also LTE over the 700 megahertz bands. The USB modem is the first LTE device to be approved for use in the U.S., and Verizon has confirmed that it still plans to launch the network later this year. Well, software news in a moment, but first, another way you can support the cell phone junkie. You enjoy this show, so help us out by subscribing to TCPJ Unlocked. We just talked about how we talked all about the iPhone 4, and uh, you can check this one out as well for only $5 a month or $45 a year, and you can uh, help us by keeping this show coming to you each and every week with your subscription. Sign up is easy. Visit thecellphonejunkie.com. Click the link on the right for TCPJ Unlocked, then click on subscribe to premium content and follow the instructions to get signed up. Thanks to everybody who is already a TCPJ Unlocked subscriber. Well, Google announced a new service this week, calling it App Inventor. The service is set is a set of tools for developers that allows for basic Android application creation. It's a web-based software, and it uses preset code blocks to put together the application. For example, the blocks of the code refer to use of the GPS or camera and make a pro- the process of building an application simple for students or younger users. To use the App Inventor, you must have a registered Gmail account, and a small software download is required to allow for USB syncing of the software to the Android handset. Well, according to AndroLibs data, Google's Android market now has 100,000 applications. It took just three months, according to the firm, to go from 50,000 to 100,000, and overall, 1 billion applications have been downloaded. Google stated later in the week that their official count shows them at just 70,000, but this seems to be a discrepancy based on international markets and the number of applications that are available there. Late in the week, Google announced that Android has grown 300% in the first half of 2010, and the company is recording 160,000 Android device activations each and every day. 
Research in Motion announced an invitation-only beta service that they're calling BlackBerry Protect. It's a tool that consumers can use to backup, restore, locate, or wipe a BlackBerry handset. The service uses a web-based portal that consumers configure to save and backup their data that they want to protect. There's also a small application that runs in the background on the device, providing updates to RIM servers and when there is new information to back up. Features include remote wiping and locking of the device from your desktop, remotely adding contact information to the home screen of a locked BlackBerry so that it can be returned if found, see where your BlackBerry smartphone's location is and pinpoint the current whereabouts of a lost or stolen device with the cell tower and GPS device tracking, also find nearby misplaced BlackBerry smartphones by remotely activating a loud ringer, also back up data from your BlackBerry smartphone including contacts, calendar, memos, tasks, browser bookmarks, and text messages all over Wi-Fi, and finally restore your BlackBerry's data by simply switching from one BlackBerry to another using this service. The software will be available for most 8,000 and 9,000 series BlackBerrys running OS 4.6 and higher, and will be available for testing in the BlackBerry App Test Center later this year. Microsoft shared some details about its Windows Phone 7 platform. Along with the launch, Microsoft also debuted a new Windows Phone Live website where users can take advantage of the number of things uh, that they can do. First, the new site allows for publishing of photos, syncing of contacts, and syncing of OneNote files. It will also act as a security tool, letting users log in, locate a lost phone on a map, ring the phone, lock it, or erase it completely. Windows Phone 7 will push notifications and deliver real-time updates to applications with banner-style alerts. One new feature mentioned by Microsoft includes wireless syncing with Zune software via Wi-Fi to transfer media and also better integration with the Windows Live, Gmail, and Exchange email systems. Finally, Windows Phone 7 handsets will be able to access Zune's Marketplace and Xbox Live content directly on the handset. We talked about the issues of Skype video calling over Fring last week, and this week Fring announcing it will no longer support the VoIP calling service. The decision was made by by them after Skype threatened Fring with legal action after its release of the iOS 4 application. Fring said that Skype was moving to block their app from accessing the service, and they said, quote, we are disappointed that Skype, who once championed the cause of openness, is now attempting to muzzle competition, even to the detriment of its own users. A spokesperson for Skype said that, quote, Skype has been in discussions with Fring regarding our belief that Fring is breaching our API terms of use and end-user license agreement. Skype is disappointed with the that an amicable relationship and resolution was not possible, but Fring's decision to withdraw Skype's functionality immediately was of its own choice. Fring-to-Fring calls, including video, will still work between the iOS, Android, and Symbian devices moving forward. Android Central reporting that the Motorola Droid X units are receiving an over-the-air software update. The update brings to the phone the software version 1.13.604, and the 18-meg file brings the following. Improved battery charging status indicator functionality, smoother transitions for the camera, a redesign of the weather icon, faster exchange active sync email loading, streamlined organization of newly downloaded apps, organized favorite contacts by call count, updated Bluetooth connections, coordinated date and time across phone displays, cleaner looking status bars for GPS symbols, improved sync capabilities for 3G mobile hotspot, faster visual voicemail, taking advantage of the enhanced preloaded My Verizon application and preloaded Amazon Kindle application allows you to read Kindle books on your Android phone, including thousands of free books. All units should start getting this update later in the week. Apple made that new version of the iOS 4.0.1 to fix the antenna software available this week, and that will improve the formula of how your device determines the number of bars to display. Gizmodo put out a little piece showing what that actually means for the user, including the amount of growth. And the little cute quote in here says, taller bars may not mean better signal. And also a free tip, if you paint flames on the back of your iPhone 4, it runs 2.3 times faster. I found that kind of funny, so I had to mention it. Also, iOS 4.1's beta version was released this week. Aside from the signal bar changes, other improvements include the Game Center. Apple's matchmaking and leaderboard social networking for iOS games is in there. Also, flash and camera buttons have repositioned themselves in the landscape mode. Favorites in the iPhone app can now be added as voice or FaceTime. Also, checking spelling can be done and turned on or off in the settings menu. And a big one, the AVRCP, also known as the Audio Video Remote Control Profile for Bluetooth Playback, is now in the software. That's a big one. In fact, we've got a question on it coming up in just a little bit. 
Mozilla has launched its first Firefox app for the iOS platform, Firefox Home, using Firefox Sync to send your bookmarks and browsing history to your iOS device. You even get a list of the tabs you currently have open from the Firefox desktop. The app is not a web browser, but you can open URLs from the Firefox Home in Safari on the iPhone. HowToGeek.com has an article about testing out the latest version of Google's Android OS on your PC without actually purchasing an Android phone. Google providing an Android emulator with the SDK for the OS, and it uses Java. Click through on the link that we're going to post in the notes to see instructions and screenshots on how to do it. Also, I received an email this week from Skype with information about my new Skype to Go phone number. Skype to Go is a service that allows you to make calls from wherever you are and wherever you have phone service. The calls are billed to your Skype account at the same rates as from your computer. This is a great service for those that are making regular international calls. And I'll put a link in the show notes for how you can find out how to make Skype to Go calls. I don't make a whole lot of international calls, but I thought, hey, why not? You know, this is just another way that you can make calls outside of the service that you are being provided by your phone uh, your phone provider an over-the-air update will begin hitting verizon droid incredible handsets uh this weekend the android 2.2 froyo update uh is not there though the 2.1 improvement increases uh video recording to 720p several bug fixes skype the my verizon app and updated widgets are included Owners of The Incredible should receive the update in small waves uh, and should be coming out here sometime in the next few days. We've got a lot of questions and comments here. First one, a question from Chris. He says, first off, I love the show. It's always been great and useful to listen to. My wife and I really need to get ourselves uh, to move or, or re-sign up on our phone plan. She's overdue for a phone, and it is dying. I, though, have about five months left to go before I can get my upgrade. But if she moves, I may run the numbers to see if it makes sense to move on as well. My wife has the BlackBerry Curve, and I've currently got a 3G, excuse me, 3G iPhone. Needless to say, we're both on AT&T, and we'd like to stay with them as with them as service is pretty good where we live. However, we would move to T-Mobile and or Sprint if that was an option that we wanted to go with. The main goal that we have now is to cut back on expenses. What I'd like to find out, though, and I'm guessing is not available, is a plan where I can get phone service, text messaging, and not have to pay for the data plan. The catch is I want to use a phone that supports Wi-Fi. So question number one, do any providers offer this directly, i.e. we get the phone that they sell and then get the service that they want? we want at a texting plan and surf the web only when we're on Wi-Fi hotspots? If not, how about indirectly, i.e. we buy the service from the provider, get cards, and then we buy unlocked phones to use? Technically, I think this would work, but my concern is that the provider would find out that we have smartphones, not feature phones, and change our plans. If all of the above is possible, my next question is, is there a phone out there that is supported to do Wi-Fi, A2DP, easy syncing with podcasts and playlists, AVRCP, uh, which we just talked about, and also costs around $300 unlocked if needed. My iPhone 3G can do most except for the AVRCP, and the LG phone that uh, did A2DP and AVRCP was okay, but it had no Wi-Fi. Again, I can't. Uh, I can wait for the next series of phones that come out, settle down, and maybe get something around Christmas. But I was curious what was around today. Thanks, Chris. Okay, so going back to the first question about actually getting a phone, smartphone specifically, and using it without having to purchase the 3G service. Joey, we talked about this going back just a few months, uh, where. Pretty much all of the providers now have stated that if you buy a phone directly from them, and that's a smartphone, you're going to have to sign up for the 3G service. Yep. And I think, unfortunately, now they, they're, they're putting their detection algorithms. And even for smartphones, they don't sell. They somehow now can identify, you know, probably through the manufacturer's databases, that you've bought an unlocked smartphone, even in, in some cases. we've I think we've seen a report of that from somebody where they you know, they figured out they were using a smartphone. I would say you're probably going to have a hard time with it. Um, and, and here's why you're, you've got very limited numbers of, of devices that you're going to want to spend the money on the, the, the problem that we get into when you're looking for cheap phones is that it's either just going to, it's going to be that it's going to be a cheap phone if you want to get it unlocked. Um, we go with providers here and we sign to your contracts because heck that's a good way to get a cheap phone. But unless you do that, you're really kind of, you know, hung out to dry. You, you don't get the good discount on the phone if you do so. So you're talking about, you know, the iPhone three G can do most with the exception of that AVRCP that's coming. I just mentioned it in a story just a few minutes ago. You're going to be able to get that here very soon. 
Um, I, I, you know what though? Now that I'm saying that, you're saying you've got the 3G. I'm not sure that they're going to be able to take advantage of that particular service, but let's cross our fingers and hope that they do. Um, the other thing that I would say is maybe take a look at once the the 3GSs start to hit the market a little bit harder as people are starting to get their iPhone 4s and throwing those up for sale. If you can get the iOS 4.1 on that device, you could potentially have you know all of those services with the exception of Wi-Fi only, of course, on that device as well. Um, I, you know, if you want to really seriously look at saving money, you almost need to put all the plans side by side. And AT&T, while seemingly expensive, uh, to be able to share a line is actually not that bad. In fact, I did the math, you know, uh, boy, about six months ago, I think it was, in AT&T for two lines on the cheapest plan that's out there, which I think is 550 minutes, or at least it was at the time, it was actually, that was the best way for me to go. It saved me the most money. And for two lines, uh, both of which, you know, we had texting plans. Well, I guess I didn't have a texting plan, but we each had a data plan. And it was, I think, $120 a month. Now, for two lines, that's not all that bad. If you really want to save some money, though, um, I would say take a look at some of the prepaid options that are out there. You've got you know some smartphones that you know may be able to take it, do all the things that you want, um, you know, and 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 be a, a real good one out there. But unfortunately, I, I I'm thinking of one particular phone, and that's the Nexus One because that's the one that comes to mind when I think of unlocked smartphones that are out there. Which yeah, you could go and get yourself an AT and T SIM card and a texting plan, pop that in. Uh, to the device and use it over Wi-Fi only, and um, you would get all of the features that you're looking for, with the exception of uh, a cheap price. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. Uh, that phone costs five hundred and thirty dollars and is on its way out. Um, so I I don't have any real good recommendations for you. And, uh, Joe, I'm going to throw it back over to you. See what you've got. Yeah, and I think you know for Sprint and Verizon have done the same thing. Is you cannot have a smartphone without a data plan on them. They've they've all restricted this down. Uh, whereas a couple of years ago, yes, that was possible. And even up until up until what was it a month or two ago, you could have grandfathered in your AT and T account without a data plan if you did in fact not have a data plan on your smartphone. But now, um, I believe there's no way to do that. AT&T, if it works for you, though, I would highly recommend sticking with them. If you've tried T-Mobile and Sprint and you're sure that they're going to work for you, then it's probably okay. But I hate to see people leave when they're happy with the service that they receive in their area um, just because you never know what you're going to get. Don't move to a phone just because it's a phone. Uh, The smartphones that you're going to get on, I think, well, at least Sprint for sure, you can get their, you know, their actually their plans aren't that bad, but the individual uh, the individual lines uh, can be a little bit um, be a little bit pricey, so you'd have to move both of you over there. But again, you're going to have to pay for that data if you decide to go with it, which is I think the cheap plan is seventy dollars. Um, so you could get yourself, oh, what could you get on Sprint? You could, I guess get a Hero if you wanted to go Android. Um, that's got most of the features that you're looking for built into it. I I just don't have any real good ones for you. I would say for right now, stick it out. Let's not let don't do anything. If your wife needs a new phone really bad, um, she's got the curve. Uh, you can probably pick up a cheap curve uh, online. I know Joey, you've got some had some success with that recently. Yeah, eBay. I picked up a new Sprint, or you know, not a. It was a used Sprint curve, the the new eighty five thirty model, and I got it for less than ninety dollars shipped. You know, ready to go. So. Um, there, there's definitely some deals out there for those types of phones as well. Hmm. Just, um, you know, keep an eye out for, and, and maybe if you want to get back to us, Chris, with what type of device that she's looking for, if it's, if it's a Blackberry, again, see if you can find a Blackberry on there. Cause that'd be real easy. She also have to do is, uh, you know, it, hopefully she's got it backed up or, or synced to a computer so you can use the BlackBerry desktop manager and sync over all the information. If she's using a BIS. It's you just change your account from one BlackBerry over to another one. And uh, it, it's real, real simple to do. It just uses the the pin of the BlackBerry to do so. If she's on a Bez, uh, her administrator will be able to take care of that for her, probably without too much issue. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously you can you can pick up some older models of Blackberries, the 80 uh, was it the 8300 curves that are out there right now? You can you can find for probably pretty cheap because of now the bolds are out there. And maybe she wants a bold, you know, get, show her a bold, either the 9000 or the 9700. Those are some beautiful devices. I, I love the 9700, probably my favorite BlackBerry out there. And uh, so I, I don't have a, a straight answer for you, but hopefully we've given you some things to think about here and get you in the right direction. Next is a question from Dominic. He says, 
Hey guys, my wife and I are on the Dave Ramsey plan, and we're getting out of debt. I promised her the iPhone 4 after we pay off a couple of credit cards. We're on T-Mobile, and I know it is unlockable uh, via some stuff that I've read. My question is, though, is there a device that allows me to turn her SIM into a micro SIM? Thanks, guys. Love the show. Yeah, absolutely there is. This is this is actually pretty cool. So um, there is a device that uh, you can buy that is essentially a little stamper that cuts out the SIM card uh, from the device. And um, th- th- actually, I'm sure there's more than one. But I found one here that I, I looks like it works pretty well. Um, and I'm going to put a link in the show notes to you here. But yeah, you can easily just kind of just you know, put a you know, push down on this thing and it stamps out the card. You may have to do a little bit of trimming uh, as well with it. But boy, it's, uh, you know, that could be an easy way to go for you if, if that's what you're, you know, looking to do. Um, I would, you know, if you can find yourself a cheap iPhone 4, uh, that's going to be, that's, you know, good for you. But, you know, they're still going for quite a bit of money on eBay right now. That's, that's where I've looked for them or Craigslist too. Cause I was looking to sell the one that I had and finally I just realized it was too much hassle and I just returned it. So, uh, oh yeah, did I mention that? I returned my iPhone four anyway. Uh, but anyway, hopefully this will get you in the right direction here and it'll get you at least a good way for you to, uh, to modify your SIM if that's what you decide to do. Yeah. And it's, uh, it shouldn't be that bad cause you can buy a little adapter to change it back to if you want. Yeah. And that, that's something that you're going to want to. And, um, this particular uh, link that I've got here actually will give you one of those with it. I think it's $30 for the little cutout tool and uh, gives you a little adapter to use as well. So check that one out, Dominic. Uh, go to a question from Dominic in the show notes and you'll see the link of what I'm talking about. And then a question from Greg. He says, I've been an iPhone 4 or an iPhone fan since the day one. I currently have a 3GS. I'm heavily invested in the iTunes ecosystem. Having purchased thousands of songs, dozens of apps, I've grown very comfortable to using iTunes to manage my music in addition to syncing audiobooks and managing podcasts. When I first heard of the iPhone 4, I was ecstatic, but now the excitement has faded. With the exception of the nicer display and better camera, I just don't see any reason to upgrade. Furthermore, Apple handling of the antenna issue to me is troublesome i'd like to dump the iphone and at&t and pick up the droid x or evo the one thing is keeping me from doing so that's my investment in the apple ecosystem would it be possible for android developers to make an app to sync android phones with itunes or is this out of the question if not are there tools that i can use to export my purchased music library from itunes over to a new android device concerning the apps if i've paid for an iphone app can i download the same app from the android marketplace assuming there's an available it's available free of charge any tips or suggestions would be appreciated so first off your music now the music that you have that's you know in your playlists and 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 how you have it organized in itunes um there are ways that you can export um playlists and or import playlists um i'm trying to think off the top of my head there's one particular Android music syncing application that everyone just raves about. Um, it's I, th- I think it can use even the same type of playlist that you have created in iTunes to do so. Um, I don't think, in, in, even if you can do that though, here, here's, here's the next step. And that's the music that you've purchased through iTunes is, it's got the DRM on it. It's only going to be playable on devices that you've authenticated for it to play on. Um, there are ways that you can strip off the DRM. We're not going to talk about those on this show. I'm, I'm not, I, I, but if you do some searching for it, you can readily find that on Google how to strip off the DRM of iTunes. Yeah, and you know, honestly, I mean, if you really are entrenched in iTunes, you're probably not going to find the equivalent. Um, you know, especially something you're that comfortable with. Honestly, that kind of you know, that platform that you're used to is more important kind of, you know, and that's why you're asking it is more important than the actual device itself. So honestly, you're probably best sticking with the iTunes because um, it, 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 you probably will not get the same experience um, outside of that. The app that I was thinking of, and this is the desktop application is called double twist and the double twist media library is very iTunes, uh, I guess it looks a lot like iTunes um, and uh, it, it can certainly help you get your music organized there. I mean, it, it's pretty amazing. I got a link here for you too. And uh, just looking at this one is, I mean, it looks like you're looking like a, a cousin of iTunes right in the face. I mean, it's, it's pretty wild. So anyway, double twist would be the one that I would recommend, but going back to your, your application question though, uh, sadly, uh, if you buy an app in iTunes, it's only going to work in iTunes. It's not going to be possible to be able to use it. Um, with Android, you got to buy it again. 
It's it, it's sad, but that's what you got to do. Yeah, I was looking at the double twist, Mickey, here. Yeah, it does definitely looks like iTunes. Wow. Um, personally, I despise iTunes. I've, I've tried to use it on numerous occasions, and I find it to be the most confusing uh, backwards program I've ever seen in my life. But, you know, I know it takes, a, a, there is a certain amount of learning curve associated with it. So um, this definitely does look like it would be a pretty equivalent sort of application. But of course, yes, the, the, the music purchased through iTunes would have to be not imported or that would have to be uh, worked with. And again, uh, it's, it's hard changing, you know, like this. We, we've the, those of us that have been using smartphones for a while, uh, Joey knows this as well. He's recently made the switch from the Palm OS to over to the BlackBerry and all of his apps that he had on his Palm don't work on his BlackBerry anymore. Um, you, you just, you get into almost stuck with a particular operating system, but that's, that's the reality of, you know, it would be that way if you switched operating systems on the computer, Windows to Mac, you know, those, you can, I guess, use, you know, a, uh, you know, like boot camp if you've got a Mac and run an application, but you, then you have to have a Windows XP license. I mean, there, there's caveats to it, and the developers just have not put anything in place there. I don't see it happening. I think there's going to be a lot of restrictions on stuff like that. If you want an app from a developer, it's hopefully going to be in the Android, you know, uh, ecosystem, but not necessarily. Uh, but they're picking up pretty good. Like we said, they're up to you know somewhere between seventy and hundred thousand applications. So most of the ones that you use on a regular basis should be there. But do some homework ahead of time just to make sure before you make that jump. If there's something that you need to use uh, that's you know mission critical, so to speak. So anyway, um, kind of not really good news there. But hopefully, if you decide to make the move over to Android, Double Twist is a way that you can manage your music. Um, you know that works for you. Finally, we have a comment from Greg. He says, Mickey, I emailed my friend at my local AT&T reseller, and uh, he was telling me about BlackBerry and said that there's a strong rumor that they would have the BlackBerry 9800 slider by the end of the month. Our uh, BlackBerry rep has confirmed uh, as much as he was allowed. So maybe the 9800 will be here very soon. He uh, goes on to say, thanks for the great Twitter coverage of the iPhone 4 event on Friday. Thanks for your coverage and updates. It keeps me in the loop while I'm on the go. Well, Greg, thanks for uh, the tip. We'll see what happens here if we get the 9800 slider out before too long. Uh, I actually would be surprised if it comes out before the end of the month, but would be would be nice to see. So we'll see what happens with that. And thanks, uh, thanks for your comments about the coverage. Um, tried to get out just the important points, and uh, you could uh, you were following me, and you uh, you know, so I appreciate that. That's great. I was on the go as well, Mickey, and I was following your Twitter as well to see what the heck was going on with that Apple press conference because I was pretty curious myself what was going on. And and also I think the, uh, you know, just my two cents in this uh, end of July for the BlackBerry slider is we've seen it teased with the uh, the uh, OS 6.0, but I was under the assumption we're not going to see that for a few more months uh, being ready because I think that's in an early beta right now. So I think we may be a little early for the uh, the slider. I think I think you're right. I would love to see it by the end of the month, but I, I do think you're right. So again, we'll see. Rumor tastic, right? That's uh, that's right. <laughs> that's what that is, right there. So anyway, if you have any questions or comments, you can get in touch with us. Give us a call two zero six two zero three three seven three four. Send us an email to questions at thecellphonejunkie dot com. And all that Twitter coverage that uh, Joey was talking about, and Greg. Uh, was at twitter.com slash tcpj underscore mickey and joey had some thoughts to say as well and he was found at tcpj underscore joey and if you want to follow the site and everything that we post up there you can do so at cell phone junkie so it's twitter.com slash cell phone junkie so joey thank you very much as always for your time we'll talk to you later thanks for listening For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com.